protection in times of trouble he knows who trusts in him verse 8 but he will completely destroy the city of Nineveh an army will come like a rushing flood the Lord will chase his enemies until he kills them Nahum chapter 2 verse 1 and 2 Nineveh you are finished for the Lord or for the land of the people of God lies empty and broken after your attacks but the Lord will restore their honor and power again after the attacks of the enemy the Lord will restore honor and power again Nehemiah, Nehemiah, Nahum, chapter 3, verse 5. I'm against you, Nineveh, says the Lord. Everyone who sees you will run away and say, Nineveh is in ruins. Who will cry for Nineveh? And I like the, the Living Bible says, yet no one anywhere regrets your fate, Nineveh. I, I want to speak to you on the subject they forgot. They forgot. Turn to the person next to you and say, please don't forget. Uh, Nahum, when you look at the uh, name, it, it is a Hebrew name. Actually, some believe it's a shortened form of the name Nehemiah. And Nahum, because they both mean the same thing, and Nahum means consolation or comfort consolation or comfort and it, and it seems like God is saying that I am going to uh, bring I'm going to console you Jerusalem or Judah based on what you've gone through I'm going to console you and he also says take comfort because I'm about to do something amen and, and, and so and what is God about to do well, this whole book is about God who basically, it, we always talk about the love of God and the kindness of God and the grace of God, but there's also something that's not taught many times in the scripture, and that is the judgment of God. In other words, uh, when I looked up the etymology of the word judgment, it is, it is the word appraised. It means to diagnose it means to to have an opinion it means to make a decision and as a matter of fact the word judgment the etymology of that word in latin it means to say the law so in other words uh, I, I, no there's been time i'm quite sure many of us uh, or some of us not many of us but some of us have gotten into a car accident where 
where either we were at fault or somebody hit our car, and what they do is they send an appraiser to figure out how much the damages are going to cost to repair. And what God is saying is that when I see that there has been damage, when I see stuff happening, I appraise the situation and I make a decision on what's going to be restored. He, he makes a diagno diagnosis. He, he, uh, he has an opinion. He has an opinion on something, and he's about to do, uh, carry out his judgment. We, we left you last week with uh, the book of Jonah, and Jonah is preaching repentance to the city of Nineveh in 759 B.C. And we, we talked about the many atrocities that Nineveh, and particularly their kings, they would brag about the, how they would torture people, whether they would skin them alive or, or burn them at stakes, and they would, they would brag about it. They would write paintings about it. And, and God saw all this, and, went, and the Assyrians, Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, so when God is speaking to Nineveh, he's really speaking to the whole nation, and God saw all this and said, I'm about to drop the hammer down on you. So what God does in the space of six years, that is, uh, in the space of six years, God sends to Nineveh, or particularly to Assyria, but Nineveh, he sends two plagues, or better known as two famines. And, and, and back then, most agrarian uh, uh, cultures, were, they're looking when there was no rain, when there was a famine, that meant they felt like the gods were displeased. Are you following me so far? So they had, in the space of six years, they had two famines plus a solar eclipse. Now you need to understand that this is roughly almost 3,000 years ago, so they couldn't go to their weather app. There was no CNN or Fox or NMSNBC. They could expect, okay, uh, at, at 12 o'clock noon, the whole earth is going to go dark. And when we hear of a solar eclipse, most people, they get out their video or they get out their camera because they want to be a part of history. These folks had no idea. Why is it turning dark in the middle of the day? The gods must be upset with us. First we have a famine, then we have another famine, and then we have a solar eclipse in the middle of the day, all within the span of six years. And God has basically said, I'm dealing with Nineveh and Jonah. All I need you to do is show up. And that's the history behind the fact that when Jonah walks through the city three days and says, you all are doomed, God is going to judge you, Everybody repents immediately from the king on down. Even the animals had a fast. And I've always wondered, I mean, man, that, that sermon is a preacher's dream. To preach to a crowd, one sermon, that one few words that basically says, judgment is coming. And you don't even want to preach to them. And the whole city repents and turns to God.
Why? Because God was already at work before Jonah arrived. Let me say that again. God was already at work before Jonah arrived, and all he needed Jonah to do was arrive. Okay, you didn't like the way I said it, so turn to the person next to you and say, my friend, God is already working where you're heading. He just needs you to arrive. God tells some of you to apply for a job, and you're like looking at your resume and said, I, I, no, I'm not going to do that. And God says, I've already dealt with the people. In fact, I fired somebody and replaced them with somebody who's going to hire you. I just need you to arrive. One of my favorite books is a book by uh, Henry Blackaby. It's called Experiencing God. And he says these words, find out where God is moving and join him. Turn to somebody else and say, you're working too hard. You, you really, you're really working too hard. There are people who, you're looking, at, mm, you're looking at your budget and you're saying, I can't afford a house. And God says, I already have a seller who will drop the price just for you. Just for you. All you need to do is show up and make your ridiculous offer. And, they'll, and, and, and God will put the whammy on them. They will accept your offer. And then after months later, the, the, the husband looked at the wife and said, did we, did we just turn down $50,000? Why did we do that, God? But the problem is that some of you are afraid to show up because you think too much. You've already discounted yourself so that no matter what God has you set up, but now he needs you to show up, but you are so busy looking at yourself that you think it's about you when it's not about you. That's why Jesus said, see, many of you, mm, many of you limited to heaven when Jesus said in John 14, I go to a place to prepare for you that where I am, you may be also. In other words, God is saying, I already am where you're heading. And, and it doesn't matter how much money you have, how much talent, how much talent you have. In fact, nobody's going to be upset but the devil. And so there's judgment. And we got to be careful because God judges our actions, and he also judges our words. You would think after experiencing this great repentance and great revival, Nineveh would say, all right, we're going to serve God. No, unfortunately, it took less than 40 years for the revival to wear off. And in 722 B.C., they wipe out God's people, Israel, the northern kingdom, wipe them out. And because they had such success, then they got really cocky and they said, now we're going to go after Judah. And so uh, 20 years later, they go after Judah. And, and because, because Assyria is the most powerful nation in the earth and because uh, uh, they, they wiped out and defeated 
and, and, and destroyed and, and ransacked countries that were serving false gods. Are you with me? They decided to jump bad with Hezekiah and said, we're coming in to take your stuff and to rob and to take all the gold and all the silver. We're coming in to rob God's house and there's nothing you can do about it. And they threatened uh, Hezekiah, and Hezekiah was, was broken, and, and, Hezekiah, and then they had the audacity, good Lord have mercy, Elder Anita, they had the audacity to put, to put the threat of, of, of what they were going to do to uh, Judah and, and to tell them that their God is nothing. They put it in writing. And Hezekiah took the letter brought it in the house of God and said, God, I know you can read. You hear what homeboy said about you? See, sometimes you got to say, God, even if you don't like me, I know you do. You got to protect your name. They're blaspheming in your name. They're saying that you're a punk. They're saying that you can't do anything. And God read it and said, oh, yeah? Oh, 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 oh it's on. And God says, you know, I'm going to show you how bad I am. I'm going to show the Assyrians how bad I am. I'm going to send one angel. One angel. And one angel in one night wiped out 180,000 professional soldiers. Read it for yourself. It's a love, if you get a chance, read Isaiah chapter 36 and 37. And some of you, you know, you, you, got, you got haters and you got situations that are blaspheming your God, that's saying your God can't provide, that's saying your God can't heal, that's saying your God can't give you peace of mind, and that saying that your God is not able, and you need to, you need to write down, you, you, need, you need to be a good news reporter. Say, devil, what else did you say about God? Because I'm going to bring it before him. I said, God, look, look, look what he said about you. Look what he said about you. He said you couldn't do it, but show him that you're able. In fact, God, I have so much faith that you're going to move. I'm going to start shouting now. I know you're going to do it, so I'm going to praise you right now. I'm going to give you a praise on credit. I don't need to see, I've been say, I've been walking with you over 40 years. And if you did it before, you can do it again. Can somebody say yes? You need to take that tuition bill and put it before the Lord. Take that car note. Take that, take the doctor's report and say. God, that said you couldn't heal me, but I'm already going to praise you right now because your name is at stake. And I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Devil's trying to raise hell in my house. You are Jehovah Shalom. I want people who visited my house when all hell was breaking loose, I want them to return and say, is this the same place? (laughs) 
Nineveh reaches its peak of power 30 years after attacking Judah. And in the peak of power, when everybody thought there's no way, that, that Assyria is just going to be forever, a power in the world, God raises up Nahum and he begins to prophesy over Assyria. In chapter 1, and I like the way um, uh, the Jack Hayford, who God gave me the honor to be uh, uh, mentored by for uh, about four weeks. It was a wonderful, powerful time. But in his book, The Spiritful Bible, I love the notes, the way they put it, and that is chapter 1 of Nahum is the verdict of God. Chapter 2 of Nahum is the vengeance of God. And chapter 3 of Nahum is the victory of God. And I don't know about you, but you need to understand that God is making a verdict about your situation. And he's also going to bring judgment and victory to your situation. Could you say amen? amen. Now, 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 here's the challenge, though. Here's the challenge, though. Uh, uh, is, and that is, uh, you, we need to understand that sometimes we may be the ones who, the, who have been acting like the Assyrians. We say stuff and we do stuff and we assume that God doesn't, that, that God doesn't see. You have kids cussing at their parents. You have spouses calling, calling each other words that that, that if, if, if the words that were said before, between you were recorded, you probably couldn't even show your face in public again. The sad thing, though, is, is, is uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, the King James Version says, do despise the riches of the Lord's goodness and his mercy. And he says, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance. In other words, what he's saying is that sometimes God, we misinterpret actions that displease God because he doesn't drop the hammer right away. And what Paul is saying in fact, Paul, the, the, the Geneva Bible says that God deals, uh, God deals bountifully with us. And what he's saying is that just because you've been sinning and, 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 and doing, doing your dirt and, and not being and, 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 and hurting people and saying stuff and, and, and God has not dropped the hammer, we interpreted it as God saying, it doesn't matter. And what God is saying, no, I am trying to give you enough time to repent because I don't want to drop the hammer. But when I drop the hammer, ain't nobody going to stop me from dropping the hammer. And, <laughs> in other words, have uh, uh, this, you know, and, I remember I was, I was with, and, and, and this is interesting because Usually, I don't see young couples, young, young mothers do this. 
In fact, this mother, she was Caucasian. And so I, I was like, I was like, wow, this is interesting. This is interesting. And me, me and my wife, we were, but the problem, then again, she was Southern, so, you know, that, that kind of, yeah, that kind of raised everything, okay? But me, me and my wife, we were sitting at the table, and her daughter was just mouthing, and saying stuff. And all of a sudden, now, this woman is the most calm, kind, always smiling. We... We saw a look on her face, and I looked at my wife, and I was like, I've never seen that look before. Now, parents, you, can do, you, you understand this. All of a sudden, mom turned into, yeah, <laughs> Come on, mothers. There is a, there is a grab. Okay? Okay, okay, okay. That you put on your child. Come on, mothers. Okay, 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 okay. It, it's one of those, okay? And, and the child, the child knows the touch. The child knows the touch of the master. And all of a sudden, the child's like, please, mommy, mommy, please, 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 mommy. And the look on her face was like, too late. Too late. <laughs> you want to cry and repent, but it's too late. And she was carried out. And me and Carmen was like, ooh, it's going down for real. <laughs> when that child came back, went peace like a river. It was not the same child. The only effects we saw was And God gives us time to repent. God, God, God's like, brings the conviction of the Holy Spirit when we say stuff, when we're doing stuff and, and, and acting up. And God's like, I'm, I'm giving you time to repent. And then of us was like, why should we, are you kidding me? We're in the most prosperous time in the history of our empire. And some of you may be in a time of blessing, a time of tremendous grace, but don't think God's not seeing the stuff you're doing. And, 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 that's why, and that's why when God drops the hammer on somebody, everybody's in shock because they're like, they were doing so well. What? Where did this come from? It happened probably five, six, seven, eight years where God's saying, repent. Repent. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. And all of a sudden, kaboom! And we, because we're just finding out, we think, it, we think they just did that action. But knowing God, he waited about 150 years. Turn your name and say, uh-oh. <laughs> the problem was is that Nineveh forgot about the mercies of God. And that's why I want to I, I challenge us Pentecostal Tabernacle. They forgot. And, and, and God, 
There are some fighters, and this is why most of you young people, no, unless you're a baby boomer, you probably didn't see Muhammad Ali in his prime. Muhammad Ali would pick the ring, pick the round that he's going to knock you out in. He, he would prophesy. This is when you're going down. And, and, and God, he, he not only told Nineveh how you're going down, but in chapter 1, he says, this is how you're going to go down. An army will come like a rushing flood. That's how you're going to go down. And what ended up happening is that uh, the city uh, was along the Tigris River. The Tigris River over uh, flooded, and because it flooded, the Babylonians used the flood to gain an entranceway into the city, and Babylon, confusion, destroyed Nineveh because Nineveh forgot about God sending Jonah to speak to them. How many sermons do you have to hear before you get yourself right with God? How many times did God have to warn us through circumstances and situations and say, look, you know, I, I see what you've been saying. I see what you've been doing. I, I, you, know, you, you, think you, you think you're peeping and, and you're thinking you're hiding and ducking and sliding, but I see you. I see you. And, you're, and, and I'm your daddy. And your father who sees you in secret is going to open it up so all that can see. And you're not going to be able to get be mad at any, anybody but yourself because I've been speaking to you. I know we want a nice affirming church that everybody wins, but sometimes somebody got to get jacked up. You see, mm, mm. how many of you ever had a cousin who got whooped? Now, come on, come on, help me out. Cousin got whooped, and you saw the whooping so bad that you said, mm-mm, I'm cool. I'm cool. I remember I saw my, 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 my cousin, my older cousin, he got whooped so bad from his mom that, I, that, that my mom left me with my aunt for a week. And I looked at my mother and I said, my mom, my mom, why have you forsaken me? I ain't never seen anybody get whooped that, I'm talking, okay, I'm talking about, okay, the, for some of you who, 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 no, I'm still alive, okay? I'm talking about one of them extension cord whoopings. I'm talking about go out, and this is the city, go to the backyard, grab a branch, remove the leaves, because it's about to go down. When I saw that whooping, there were no problems out of me. And sometimes God sends people who get whooped doing the same thing you did. Because he's trying to teach you a lesson before he drops the hammer. And sadly, sadly, God's going to start dropping the hammer on some folks who won't repent. And many of you are going to remember this message and say, ooh. quiet in here. Pentecostal Tabernacle, after 90 years, let's not forget the mercies of God. 
I know some of you get tired of hearing where we came from and what, but I can't forget how God has been merciful because we should not be in existence. And it's, and it was our fault. And yet God in his mercy not only spared us. I was talking to some of the young men <clears throat> at Macedonia uh, dinner, had a wonderful time, and I showed them a picture of, of um, when we christened Vanessa. And, and I showed them the picture and I said, you, you, you need to understand, you see this picture? This, this is a crowded Sunday. You can see empty pews. This is a Sunday that we had guests because it was a christening. And they're like, well, what, when did it turn? And I believe one of the reasons it turned is because we repented. And we said, God, in your mercy, could you just turn things around? And little did I know that God's mercy is such that he does even far beyond what you could ask or think. We as a church are bigger than we have ever been in the history of this church. And that's the grace of God, but it's also the mercy of God. And some of you and some of us, we need to praise God for his mercy. Because there are some areas where we should have reaped what we sowed. Can I get a witness out there? There's some seeds that we sown that it's only the mercies of God that the harvest did not come that we deserved. That is the mercy of God. Mm. I looked at the Hebrew word mercy because I, I wasn't pleased with the one I gave last week, but I found this one that really blessed me. And, and, I, and I saw this word and when I say a word that I've never heard before, for me anyways, I'm curious about the word. And one of the definitions of the Hebrew word uh, for, for mercy is benignity. Benignity. And I was like, what does this word mean? And, and, it, and it derives our English word benign. Any doctors in the house? Be, benign. And this... This word benign, it comes from a Latin word, benignus, which means favorable. So when the doctor says, no, the tumor is benign, that means it's favorable. If it's malignant, that means that it is really, it, that word malignant actually it's actually a word that derives our English word, it is malicious. So when, some, so when it's benign, benignous, it means it's favorable. Thank you, Jesus. It, it, means, it means mild. But this word benignous or mercy also means friendly. It also means generous. So when God gives mercy, are you with me so far? He, he, 
instead of dropping the hammer, he, he gives us favor. Instead of being harsh with us, he's mild. Instead of being our enemy, mercy, he is friendly. Instead of being, for want of a better word, uh, scarce with us and, and holding back, he's generous. And then I was struck by this word mercy. It says he is bounteous. Bounteous, which means he is disposed to giving freely. Oh, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. So I thought, I said, wait a minute. So when you're merciful, you're saying to me, Lord, that though I'm wrong, though I messed up, though I, I really in many ways deserve to be where I am or at least not deserving of help from you, that you're bounteous? And he said, oh, yes, I am bounteous. And so I thought of that word bounteous. Are you with me? And I thought of bounty. <laughs> bounty. And I went to a, a, a store to buy something. And I noticed that everybody had this on their desk. And I thought, oh, that's cool. And the, the person who was dealing with me says, oh, it's always funny. They said the boss of the company gave everyone one of these cups. And he said, you should see, sometimes people you know they come into my office and they see it and, it and they're ready to wipe it up and they realize it's a fake. But when I was thinking about bounties, it, God says, Brian, my mercy, which is new every day, is bounteous. It is the quicker picker-upper. My mercy has the ability to clean up your mess. My mercy has the ability to clean up mess. Some of you are in messy situations, but if you would ask God to have mercy, he in his bounteous will clean up the mess. Now sometimes it may not be your mess, but you still find yourself in a mess. We went, how many, I don't mind helping panhandlers, you know, people who are asking for money, but, but, but Kevin, what I can't stand is when, and how many of you ever had a person who came up to you as a panhandler, okay, and acted like you're supposed to give me something. 
And, it, and, and they're jumping all in your face like, come on, man, I know you have the money. Come on, you, I know you just came out of the bank. And, and, and they're belligerent. And my attitude is like, you better get out of my face. Because number one, yeah, your situation may be bad, but I don't owe you anything. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying when I get blessings from people that I wasn't expecting, oh, they're getting a thank you card from me. Why? Because they didn't have to do that. And some of us are really unthankful. Someone blesses you, and you don't even send a thank you next. Ooh, it's quiet. Someone takes you out to lunch, and and you act you act like and, and see, I know in your heart you appreciate it, but not everybody has the gift of the word of knowledge. People go out of their way to help you. And, and, and you, you can't even say thank you. Ooh, it's quiet in here. It's quiet in here. So I, I've gone on a thank you campaign. Yep. I had these cards made up. And I've been writing little notes. If I get a, if I get a salesperson who went out of the way to help me, write a note, say thank you. And it's wonderful, the results. My wife and I went to Galleria Mall, and we went in this uh, store, and one was really nice and friendly, so I gave her one of these cards, and I wrote on the back, and you know, said thank you. Next thing you know, oh my goodness, look everybody, he gave me a card. Is this a restaurant? I said, kind of. <laughs> but the sad thing is, her reaction lets me know that people are not appreciated. So I want to challenge you. People don't have to be bounteous. People don't have to go out of their way to clean up mess that don't belong to them. And God, in his mercy, sees either A, a messy situation that I'm in, or B, a messy situation that I created, or C, I'm just a hot mess. I know you all think you are all cool, but there's sometimes my attitude really deserves the judgment of God. How many of you like me, okay, and, and I, I, no, I want to, let's act like this is merciless anonymous. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you did something 
and you knew you didn't deserve a blessing, and that's when the time God blesses you. And now you feel so bad, like, I don't deserve it, God. I'm, just, I'm sorry, God. You know, I, I said you wouldn't come through, and I called you all sorts of names. I called you, and now, you, you know, why did you bless me when I was praising you? It's like God waits till you give up. Can I get a witness? And, 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 then, and then he pours the blessing. You're like, really? And, and you know why? Because some of you, you wanted a testimony. Oh, yeah. You wanted to say, well, I trusted God. And I, yeah, I, honey, you need to stick it out. I trusted God. Mm. Me, 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 me. I trusted God. So God wait five years, ten years, and just when you throw in the towel, he blesses you so that nobody gets the credit but him. And if you were honest, you're like, I said, forget it, God. I said, take your blessing. It stinks. And now God blesses you, and you're like, oh, God, why did you wait? I trusted you for ten years, and now you bless me. Because he wants us to understand his mercies are new every day. And then if that's not bad enough, not only will he clean up the mess, but then what he does is that he takes his blood and he, he covers your mess so that when God wants to bring judgment, he can't because he sees When he's ready to drop the hymn, he says, Ah, oh, when I see the blood, I got to pass. I got to bless you because of the blood. I got to give you mercy because of the blood. So mercy is not just God not dropping the hammer. Mercy is God not only not dropping the hammer, but I have to bless you. But I can't do anything. I can't do anything unless you ask for mercy. And then I become bounteous. Oh, can I encourage you, no matter what mess you're in, no matter what mess you caused, no matter if you're a hot mess, I want to let you know that we serve a God, and he dropped this in my spirit last night. I thought I was gonna run around my house. He said, God said, I'm a bounty hunter. <laughs> Woo! I am looking for people to give mercy to. I am looking for people who I can forgive and bless and be generous. I'm, I'm a bounty hunter. Oh God, find me, hunt me down in my foolishness and my nonsense and my despicableness. Hunt me down! When I was a child, in the middle of the service, we would stop, if you remember Sister Debbie, and we would read responsively, okay? In other words, you know, whoever would be the reader, they would come up front and back then, we had a lectern like this, 
And then on PT North, the, the little one, the, the one that's up there now, that was the one where the reader would go. And what would happen is that the, the reader would pick out a scripture and everybody would rise, okay, and they would read responding to the reader. Are you with me? Okay, and, and, and I used to hate that because back then we didn't stand for worship. You, you sat, okay? You only stood when your favorite song was being sung. Okay. Anybody know what I'm talking about back then? So, okay, two of you, but that's all right. Um, so they would be responsible. And I remember the psalm that I kind of couldn't stand was Psalm 136. And it was 20, like, six verses of, you know, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his mercy and endure forever. Da 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 for his mercy endure forever. Da 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 for his mercy endure forever. And as a kid, you're like, come on, can't you change the word? Good gravy. And then you, again, you're saying that for his mercy endure forever. For his mercy. Now, when is this going to end? For his mercy endure forever. But 50 years later, oh, oh. Oh, oh, his mercy endures forever. So I want you to stand. And I'm going to read Psalms 136 in the Passion Bible. This is the last thing. And I want you to respond thinking about yourself. His mercy, his bounty cleans up my mess forever. The writer said, let everyone thank God for he is good and he is easy to please. Give thanks to God, our king over all gods. Give thanks to the Lord over all lords. Give thanks to the only miracle-working God. Give thanks to the creator who made the heavens with wisdom. To him who formed dry ground, raising it up from the sea. Praise the one who created every heavenly light. He set the sun in the sky to rule over the day. Praise him who set in place the moon and the stars to rule by night. Give thanks to God who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. He brought his people out of Egypt with miracles. With his mighty power, he brought them out. Then he split open the Red Sea for them. And then he led them right through the middle of the wilderness. Then he vanquished Pharaoh's armies, drowning them all in the Red Sea. 
Then he led his people through the wilderness. He's the one who smashed mighty kingdoms. He triumphed over powerful kings who stood in his people's way. He conquered Sion, king of the Amorites. He conquered the giant named Og, king of Bashan. Then he gave away their land as an inheritance for his people. For he handed it all over to Israel, his beloved. He's the God who chose us when we were nothing. He's the God who has rescued us from the power of our enemies. He provides food for the hungry men and the animals. Oh, give thanks to the great God of heavens. Somebody ought to praise him for his mercy endures forever. If it hadn't been for the Lord on our side, hallelujah, a thousand shall fall at your right hand and 10,000 at your side, but it will not come near you because it's mercies. And when you do mess up, he covers it with his blood. All you have to do is say, Lord, have mercy and forgive me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, 30 seconds, just give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why are you alive and somebody else is not? It's the mercies of God. It's the mercies of God. Why is there provision for you? It's the mercies of God. None of us deserve it, but it's His mercy. It's His mercy. There are people who are working harder than you, and somehow it seems like life is not giving them a fair shake, but the mercies of God. The mercies of God. The mercies of God. Oh, uh-huh.